illuminating facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Magnificent Monday to you. So glad you're with me for another week on the program. Why don't you call in right now? Here's the number, 888-914-9149. Toll free to talk to me on The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. You can also email the show kale at relevantradio.com c-a-l-e at relevantradio.com and of course you can find me on twitter as well at kale clark c-a-l-e clark with an e so much to get to today i'm going to talk about a mysterious death cult that is sweeping the nation in fact it's sweeping all of the americas i found out about this uh, reading the newspaper and it was so strange i had to dig into this and maybe you have some experience with this as well. Hopefully not, but you might know somebody who has. It is stealing Catholics away by the thousands. And it's a matter of spiritual life or death. Plus lots of other great stuff on the show today. But I got to start with this. It's the week that was courtesy of producer Jim on the Kale Clark Show. Check it out. This vision of the stairway to heaven happened in his first night away from home. I think Jacob probably felt at that time that God had maybe lost sight of him. He'd messed up to the point where he couldn't be redeemed. It was all over for him. But God really reminded him that I'm going to be with you. And Jacob needed that vision because he needed to see what was actually the reality, the ultimate reality around him, which he couldn't couldn't see that with his natural eyesight. I mean, but it was as real as the rock that he was laying his head on, that God was there. And and the same was true with Jesus because people could not see with their natural eyes that God himself was with them. It takes faith and it takes even more faith to believe in the Eucharist because the divinity and the humanity is not visible uh, to the naked eye, to our human senses. And so this is really what what we have to have. We have to have that kind of faith that God is with us no matter what we might be going through, whatever might predicament we might be in. We might have think we've blown it. He is uh, with us and he has a plan for us. Today is the feast day of a Catholic all-star, certainly in the Catholic Hall of Fame, Saint Benedict. So Benedict was really kind of the father of the Western part of the church, the Western monasticism, as it were. And in, in the East, like St. Anthony of the Desert, the, the Eastern monks were a little bit different. They were, they were much more into renunciation, they almost being very, very harsh with the body. Benedict of Nursia, he really wanted th- this idea of physical mortifications. It was for the purpose of training the body and the soul for a mission. It was for a purpose. It was for a mission in the world. Michael Foster tweeted this yesterday. He says, quote, 40 plus year old wives and mothers of large conservative Christian families think six plus kids, very often homeschooling families, suddenly begin to engage in multiple affairs, often one night stands, divorcing their husbands and ultimately abandoning their family for a chance at a quote unquote happy life. Well, let's go to the phones right now. Gary in San Diego is on the line. Hey, Gary. Hey, well, you know, I, I've listened to your show quite a bit, and this happened to me a long time ago. My wife had her started having her affairs when the kids were 3, 6, 9, and 12. Oh. 
I'm so sorry. And, and eventually story. she walked out the door and that was it. If it hadn't been for my pastor and my strong Catholic men, mm. I'm not sure where I'd be today. Oh, wow. That, that, it's, you know, and I think that, that is so rare, communities like that. As scripture says, draw near to God and the devil will flee from you. To stay close, sacraments, prayer, spiritual disciplines is so important. Father Donnelly says you've got to reread this, especially the Magnificat, the famous Magnificat, in a Eucharistic key. So what does she say? And this is when she's with Elizabeth, of course, and our, our Lord is within her. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. It's kind of like a magnifying glass, right? We want to make our Lord greater and greater and greater. Very much like John the Baptist said in John's gospel, he must become greater, I must become less. He must increase, I must decrease. Not about us, it's about Christ. And so that's what we kind of have to do as well. We've got to magnify the Lord. And she says what? My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Do you rejoice in the Eucharist? Do you praise Him? And when you receive our Lord in the Eucharist, you can praise Him with Him, in Him, through Him. He's living in and through you. And this is awesome. It is awesome, and what an awesome job, Producer Jim, with the week that was. Love the soundtrack, too, Jim. That was a, some well-curated songs there. And hey, if you missed any of those episodes last week, you can catch them on the Relevant Radio app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, what are you waiting for? Grab it, or wherever you get your podcasts, you can binge listen. It's a great thing to do in the summertime if you're on the road, traveling, on vacation. Binge listen to our shows on the Relevant Radio app. The Kill Clark Show, The Faith Explained, all of our other great programming. We are here for you 24-7, 365 through our app. And, you know, very often I'm on the app, very often I'm on my phone, probably more than I should be. But one of the things I like to do is read the papers. And I read the papers online. I try to get a sense of what's going on across the country. And we have a lot of listeners out on the West Coast. Maybe you're in a, an L.A. traffic jam right now. And I, was, I saw this article, it really caught my eye, in the L.A. Times because, because of the quote that was kind of underneath the title. And just kind of leafing through. And it's I, I caught this line, people are just not feeling accepted within that box that the Catholic Church is desperately holding on to. And I said, whoa, what, what is this all about? And it was an article that was written by uh, Alejandra Molina, a staff writer at the LA Times. And it was entitled, Estranged from the Catholic Church, Some Latinos Turn to Veneration of Unofficial Saints. And when I say unofficial saints, I mean really, really unofficial saints, uh, not saints at all, uh, to put it mildly. And, and this piece started off by describing the scene at what the author called a mass, with a capital M. Uh, it wasn't a mass. It was not a mass, let's put it that way. And it took place inside a small storefront on Melrose Avenue in the Los Angeles area. And there were about 24 people there. It was a Friday evening and they're praying, and they're praying to, quote, obtain true freedom and an eternal inheritance. What? Well, it, it sounds like it might be on the up and up. They're, they're praying the Padre Nuestro. My Spanish is terrible, but I, I think that means the Our Father. Uh, the Ave Maria. Okay, all right, okay. But what it actually was, was a service, a weekly rosary service, according to the author of this piece, uh, Alejandra Molina, a rosary service in honor of Santa Muerte. Now, I don't know if you know 
what Santa Muerte is. Uh, but uh, she ca- she goes by a few other names too: the Bony Lady, La Cumplidora, and uh, essentially, if you've seen images, you might have seen a votive candle with Santa Muerte. Uh, you might have seen some quote-unquote holy cards, and I use that word holy very loosely in this case, uh, not holy at all, in fact. Santa Muerte means saint death or holy death. And in this image, you might have seen a skeleton wearing, kind of almost dressed like the female version of the Grim Reaper, maybe wearing a veil, somewhat like the, the sort of raiment that Mother Mary would be portrayed in, in, in various pieces of art, and holding a scythe, reaping. And this is Santa Muerte. Now, this is the fastest-growing religion in the Americas, all the way from Canada down to Chile. Uh, this is something else. And so uh, this is what was going on in, in L.A. And, and if you maybe you know somebody who's been caught up in this, but I, I have to suspect that... Uh, a number of American Catholics have been. one 9149 is the number to call if you want to talk about this. 888-914-9149. Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. So the, the person who was leading this worship service was uh, named Elodia Salvador, and she goes by a spiritual name, Sahara Garcia. I, I don't have a spiritual name. I don't know what it should be. Maybe I should make one up. But uh, at any rate... Um, Elodia Salvador was leading this service, and she has operated the Templo Santa Muerte on Melrose Avenue for 17 years. And she was preaching to the congregation, saying, We're humans who make mistakes, but Santa Muerte gives us the opportunity to move forward. So people are coming from all over the L.A. area. Um, They interviewed a guy named uh, Ronnie Artica. Artika, who's 48 years old, and he's been uh, coming to this place since 2017, and he said, here in this place, I find love and I find peace. He's from Honduras, and he actually said he became a devotee of Santa Muerte, and I'm going to describe where this all came from uh, in just a moment, but he became a, a, divor- uh, a, de- a devotee to Santa Muerte because somebody had allegedly put a curse on him. He had some bad dreams, he had some thoughts about death, and somebody sent him a Santa Muerte statue from Mexico, and ever since he's been he's been hooked. And he says, "I still identify as Catholic, but I come here first. He goes to Santa Muerte first. I don't know if he goes to mass at all, real mass, but it's it's this is a, a very very uh, intriguing thing. So I'm reading this article, and then it's, I started to kind of something clicked upstairs, and it takes a while sometimes for things for the gears to start. Uh, uh, clanking and, and turning in, in my head, and I remembered, oh yeah, I remember hearing about this some time ago, Santa Muerte. So again, this is the fastest growing new religion in the Americas, and it's especially prevalent in the Latino population. And, and since the 1970s, uh, Catholicism has been on the wane uh, in Latin American countries, but in the United States, among uh, U.S. Latinos, the numbers are looking pretty grim over the last few years. Uh, the number of American Catholics who are Latino has gone down from 25% to 20% of all U.S. Catholics in the last few years. So a lot of a lot of Catholics are, are feeling estranged from the church, and they're they're turning to what this article describes as this unofficial saint. Uh, okay, first of all, unofficial—that's putting it mildly. 
saint? Absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you why in just a little bit. So, so a lot of Catholic leaders, the, Pope Francis himself spoke out against this uh, during a visit to Mexico in 2016. I'll tell you about this in a second. In fact, he didn't even wait. As soon as he touched down in Mexico, he, the first thing he talked about was Santa Muerte and, and how dangerous it was. Uh, a, a chief Vatican official also spoke out about this in the strongest of terms. And uh, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share with you what they said uh, in just a couple of moments. So, but Santa Muerte, this this cult of Santa Muerte, really got going, according to the LA Times, around the year 2001. And, and the, the writer speculates that it kind of got going because of the North American Free Trade Agreement. I'm not sure what this has to do with it. And the tequila crisis. The tequila crisis. Now, I, I wasn't aware of a tequila crisis, but, well, say it ain't so. We can't have this. Um, anyway, I'll, t- I'll tell you more about what tequila has to do with Santa Muerte. But there's a huge following um, uh, of Santa Muerte among all these groups that would be, let's just say, not practicing traditional Catholicism for various reasons. Uh, elements of the criminal world. Um, people who are not online with the church's teaching about human sexuality. Why? Because, well, there, there's actually one person, there's one person in America that, that I know of He's the only person who's written a, a book about Santa Muerte, an academic work about this phenomenon in the English language. His name is R. Andrew Chestnut. R. Andrew Chestnut. And he is a professor at VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. And he's the chair of uh, Catholic Studies there. And he is the author of a book called Devoted to Death, Santa Muerte, the Skeleton Saint. So people who are devoted to... Uh, Santa Muerte may identify themselves as Catholics. They may consider themselves culturally Catholics. Uh, they, they may consider themselves to be an exile from the Catholic Church. There are a lot of Santa... Where, <laughs> I can't even say this. Santa Mueristas. Did I say that right? Anyways, uh, they think that they're connecting with God through this. Um, they interviewed a guy, another guy who runs a store who has statues of Santa Muerte and also all these other unofficial saints. Um... And I, I haven't even heard of some of these people. Jesus Malverde, uh, maybe some of you guys can fill me in on this, 888-914-9149. And it's kind of a mix of, you'll have statues of Our Lord, statues of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and also Santa Muerte. And uh, this guy's name is Pablo Espinoza, and he was interviewed in the piece as well, and he said, if I want to talk to God, I can do that without going to church. I may not be Catholic, but I believe in God. End of quote. Okay, but God has some definite ideas about how he wants to be worshipped. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, anybody can talk to God, anybody can reach out to God, but he has a specific way that he wants to be worshipped, and that is through the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And that was true in the Old Covenant, it was tr- it's true in the New Covenant as well, in Mount Sinai. Uh, you better believe that God had a particular way that he wants to be worshipped. In our Exodus series on the faith, explained it took great pains to show how God revealed to Moses very, very very much a blueprint, step by step, everything, nothing was left to chance. The, the building of the tabernacle, the way that he wanted to be worshipped, it, it wasn't a do-it-yourself religion. And when Moses is up on Mount Sinai, he's been gone for 40 days, he's receiving the Ten Commandments, they think he's dead, they think he's gone. What are the people doing? At the foot of the mountain, they're worshipping pagan gods of Egypt. They just got out of Egypt, and here we go, and they are worshipping 
the golden calf, who was a bull god, no no pun intended. It was a bunch of bull, one of the pagan gods of Egypt, Apis, the bull god. Well, that was the golden calf. And Pope, uh, Pope Benedict, back when he was uh, Colonel Joseph Ratzinger, wrote a book called The Spirit of the Liturgy. And he talked about how the people were basically creating an apostasy in sacral disguise, as he put it, uh, trying to construct their own religion, as it were, on the, at the foot of the mountain. And so that, that's not what God wants. God has an opinion about how he wants to be worshipped, and that is certainly true in the New Covenant as well with the Mass. It's not something that human beings cooked up. The apostles didn't take polls of the people that they were uh, trying to evangelize, the barbarians, and say, hey, what do you think would work with your family? What, what would get people to come to church? No. Hey, it's the Mass, and it is relevant. We don't have to make it relevant. It is relevant because this is uh, Christ himself in the Eucharist. And by the way, you've probably seen this on the Relevant Radio website. This is all over the place. Uh, Relevant Radio is the chief sponsor of the Eucharistic Congress, the National Eucharistic Congress, which is happening next July in Indianapolis. And you can sign up at relevantradio.com slash indie for updates. We're going to be there. All the hosts are going to be there. Father Rocky's going to be there. And you want to be there as well. Trust me on this one. Check it out on the Relevant Radio website or on the app. You'll find lots of information about it and much more to come, by the way, uh, on this program. We'll tell you uh, more about it as we go on and get closer to that date. But it's not too not too early to plan, that's for sure. So th- this is a, an interesting thing. And so they interviewed um, all these other folks who are, who are involved with this Santa Muerte congregation on Melrose Avenue, uh, somebody named Erica Ruiz from San Bernardino, who is... Um, let's just put it this way. She's not online with the church in terms of where she's at with her sexuality. Let's put it that way. And she kind of got involved in this sort of hodgepodge. Even though she taught catechism to children when she was younger, she said this, um, I was trying to understand my identity. I felt like I didn't have a place in Catholicism. And she, she had at her home an altar. And there was, there was a statue of the Blessed Virgin there. And they would ask Mary for intercession. But, but at some point, they became curious about Santa Muerte. And they bought a votive candle with the likeness of Santa Muerte and put it on the shrine where they had the statue of Our Lady. And she said this. She said the candle started pulling a strong and energetic current. And she said it became the loudest thing on my altar, end of quote. That is very telling, and I think a little bit disturbing, more than a little bit disturbing. And they started this devotional practice uh, in her home to Santa Muerte, and they started trying to give her flowers, tequila, hey, that's where all the tequila went, I guess, Uh, apples, other sweets. They offer these things to Santa Muerte, and I'll tell you why uh, in, in just a little bit. She said this, When you give her food, Santa Muerte, it's to bring financial security and stability. When you give her tequila, that could be used to bring clarity to a situation. Now, usually in my experience, tequila does not bring any clarity to any situation. But nonetheless, she continues on. I I give her a candle and I give her water if I'm trying to pull her energy in a certain direction. That's very interesting. Trying to direct spiritual powers to your will. Mm, this is um, this is something. Anyway, so the, just one last thing. The leader of this congregation, who goes by the spiritual name Sahara Garcia, she said that followers of Santa Muerte, true believers, must learn how to illuminate their own path. And to believe in Santa Muerte is to believe in yourself. End of quote. Well, actually, to believe in Santa Muerte is to believe in someone who's not you and someone who is far 
far more insidious. More on this after the break. You're going to want to call in. Do you know anybody who's had experience with this, who's been caught into this? 888-914-9149. I'll reveal the true origins, the dark origins of the Santa Muerte cult right after this on the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Stay tuned. the faith so you can explain it to others it's the kale clark show on relevant radio and the relevant radio app hey welcome back to the program i was telling you before the break about santa muerte this this cult that is sweeping the americas it's the fastest growing religion in the americas uh, most of its adherents about 75 percent of its adherents are in mexico but a growing number in Canada, in the United States, uh, in other Latin American countries, and even in the UK. Apparently there's a huge Facebook group devoted to Santa Muerte, Saint Death, who kind of looks like a female version of the Grim Reaper, sometimes dressed almost as if she's wearing a mantle similar to that of Our Lady. Forbid that, but um, carrying a scythe, uh, it's, it's, it's macabre to say the least. And I talked about a particular congregation in Los Angeles. A lot of them are disaffected Catholics, disillusioned Catholics, uh, who are involved with this. Uh, do you know somebody that's involved with it? I'm going to s- explain the origins of this in just a moment, but 888-914-9149 is the number to call. 888-914-9149. It's Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Let's go to Mary in California. Hello, Mary. Hi. Hi there, Mary. You're on the air. Okay, thank you. I am calling because I uh, do some counseling, and uh, I've had encounters with some clients who um, have the belief of Santa Muerte. Now, hmm. um, every day and every morning, I bless my office and I bless my area to and bless myself to ensure that you know um, God is guiding me mm-hmm. every step of the way through the counseling session, yeah. but. Those two clients that left my office, it just gave me some very bad energy, some bad feelings, and it's almost like they were trying to absorb me into their religion, which I knew I stood strong in my faith, Uh, but uh, they talked about how Santa Muerte has done them favors and that they're raising their children in this belief. To me, I sense like it was some sort of Santeria or demonic power that they they draw from hmm. and it just seems evil to me yeah mary and i, I think, wanted to know more about it yeah mary I, I think i think you were right on i think there is a great evil behind this um and so you're doing the right thing <laughs> using holy water um <laughs> praying for god's protection well protected obviously uh draw on the holy spirit pray to your guardian angel use maybe an exorcism prayer like the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel is an exorcism prayer. There are many that you can look up. I, th- I think that's a that's a really good thing to do. And, and just to be aware, knowledge is power here, and I'm going to explain the origins of the Santa Muerte struggle with the, with the church, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, but it's very important that you called in, Mary, and I really appreciate your listening and, uh, and that phone call. And I think you're right. What you sense from those people uh, was... Maybe from the dark side. We'll talk about that in just a second. I want to go to Jose in San Benito, Texas. Hello, Jose. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Um, 
So, you know, I grew up uh, knowing about the Santa Muerte uh, in Mexico and Latin America. It seems that people are, you know, making their own saints, in my opinion, de deities. Mm -hmm. One of them is the Santa Muerte. But, you know, they have, uh, quote, unquote, saints, you know, who are for prostitutes, uh, drug dealers like Valverde, and even, quote, unquote, prophets such as El Niño Fidencio, uh, who supposedly he, he was like a, like like a very nice person, like an angel, they say, and they even have the, their own church now. Um, oh. So it, it is quite common, uh, 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 you know, along Latin America, and sadly, even in Italy, they're they're having similar issues. I remember uh, reading an article about this young, uh, you know, gangsters whose boss got killed. And now what they do is that whenever they raid someone or kidnap someone, they make them kneel to the statue of this uh, former gang leader and make them pray to, to, to him. Like if he Whoa. was a saint or... Yeah, it's horrible. So so things are going bad, uh, you know, and hopefully we can, you know, we can spread the word to, to ma make them come back to the truth, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, th th Jose, thank you for sharing that because, yeah, this is far more widespread than, than I ever knew. Uh, that's for sure. And you guys are certainly enlightening me on this. If you know somebody who's been caught up in this or have some experience with helping people to escape this, give me a call, 888-914-9149. Let's go to Alejandro in Chicago. Hello, Alejandro. Are you there, Alejandro? Hey, there you are. Uh, yes. Uh I was just uh, calling in to comment quickly on, on today's uh, topic. Uh, so I'm a uh, Mexican American first generation. So I was born around, you know, the, the Mexican culture and stuff. And something that I've noticed is that, um, you know, all that is pretty prominent in, in um, like music, right? So uh, there's like, mm. you know, the regional Mexican kind of music. They sing uh, narco corridos, which would be like the equivalent, I'd say, to like gangster rap, okay. uh, where, you know, they, uh, they uplift, uh, you know, like, uh, cartels, cartel leaders, violence, uh, money, drugs, all those kinds of things. And they're constantly singing about, you know, La Santa Muerte. And you mentioned, uh, San Malverde. Uh, he's supposedly, you know, like the Robin Hood of the people oh, really? in Northern Mexico who came, you know, out of like Sinaloa, Mexico, where El Chapo and all those people are from. So it's, it's pretty prominent and, you know, it's constantly being, uh, introduced in the music. So that's, Something I wanted to, you know, just comment on. Yeah, that, that's that's a great comment, Alejandro. And th thanks for mentioning that. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned the concept of sort of a gangster rap, if you will, genre, uh, drawing on Santa Muerte. And I want to I just just share with people a little bit about what I learned on this. And once again, there's, there's only one guy who's written sort of an academic work about this uh, in the English language that I know of. Perhaps somebody else has, but uh, this person's name is Andrew Chestnut. And he teaches at Virginia Commonwealth University. And if you want to find the book, by the way, if you're interested, if you're so inclined, uh, the book that he wrote is called Devoted to Death, Santa Muerte, the Skeleton Saint. And it's published by Oxford University Press, pretty heavyweight uh, academic publisher. And Dr. Andrew Chestnut is the Bishop Walter F. Sullivan Chair in Catholic Studies and the Professor of Religious Studies at Virginia Commonwealth University, and he wrote an article along with Dr. Kate Kingsbury from the University of Alberta about this phenomenon. It's very, very educational. It's a pretty short piece, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes uh, for the Catholic Herald in the UK. 
And here's what these two scholars, Kate Kingsbury and Andrew Chestnut, uh, said about this. They talked about how over the past 20 years, this folk saint, Santa Muerte, uh, and again, I, I, when I say folk saint, I don't mean that this creature actually is a saint, uh, far from it, but that's what they're called, uh, nomenclature, uh, if you will. But they, they're estimating that uh, in Mexico and the United States together, there's about 12 million followers right now, at least, of Santa Muerte. Uh, most of them are in Mexico, but again, there, there are many more in the United States, Central America, and even in Canada and in the UK. So, Santa Muerte, obviously, Saint Death or Holy Death, this is a, a Mexican folk saint, quote-unquote, who personifies death. And so, again, there, there are often these plaster statues that you'll see, votive candles, uh, medallions, prayer cards. And again, she's kind of per, sort of portrayed as a female Grim Reaper, uh, wielding a scythe, wearing a shroud, somewhat like uh, the, the Grim Reaper that we would all know. And oftentimes is portrayed as being with an owl. There's always an owl on the scene as well. Apparently in Mesoamerican traditions, the owl symbolizes death. So, this is in some of these other um, uh, pseudo saints um, in Latin America: Jesus Malverde, uh, Maximon, and San La Muerte, who is the Argentine counterpart of Santa Muerte. Uh, there's a lot of devotion around these figures, and they are very often, as Alejandro mentioned, his phone call. They're they're invoked more than the actual saints of the Catholic Church. And wh now, why why in the world would people want to do this? Well, again. Alejandro touched on some of the reasons why. And when Pope Francis, I, I alluded to this off the top, when Pope Francis went to Mexico for the very first time in 2016, on the very first day that he was there, he talked about Santa Muerte. Now, he didn't mention Santa Muerte by name. Maybe he ought to have. But here, here's what he said. He said, quote, I am particularly concerned about those many persons who, seduced by the empty power of the world, Praise illusions and embrace macabre symbols to commercialize death in exchange for money, which in the end, he's talking about money here, moth and rust consume and thieves break in and steal. And he's quoting Jesus, of course, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, let your treasures be in heaven where moth and rust do not consume and thieves do not break in and steal. And the Pope went on to say, I urge you not to underestimate the moral and antisocial challenge which the drug trade represents for Mexican society as a whole, as well as for the church. So he, he actually really was referring to narco culture here, the drug trade. And, and again, this is where a lot of this is, as Alejandro and Jose in Texas also mentioned, a lot of this has to do the cartels with Santa Muerte because they, they kind of go to Santa Muerte. Uh, as their quote-unquote patron saint, and that's that's for a reason. Another high-ranking church official, Cardinal Gianfranco Ravasi, uh, who at the time was president of the Pontifical Council for Culture, he went to Mexico back in 2013. He talked about the same sort of stuff. He actually called it a narco-satanic spirituality, this cult of Santo Muerte. And, uh, in fact, he said that uh, these people praise illusions and embrace macabre symbols to commercialize death. Um, all right, so the Pope condemned it, a Vatican official condemned it, and again, this, but the funny thing about this is that this has really only gotten going since the year 2001. 
really, this is kind of when this modern devotion, if you will, to Santa Muerte started going. And anyways, th- there are three reasons for why this, this needs to be condemned. Number one, and this is what these scholars point out, um, Chestnut and Kingsbury, they point out that number one, first of all, this is really important for us to, to understand, the first thing we need to know is that it is the fastest growing new religion in the Americas. A lot of people don't realize this. And so the church has been hemorrhaging people, especially in Latino communities. And Protestant congregations, Pentecostalism has been huge in Latin America. A lot of Catholics have left uh, for that movement. But now I also have to contend, the church has to contend with this as well, this heretical folk saint. And, and it's especially problematic for Catholics or for those who are essentially cultural Catholics. They're really drawn to this because they're elements that seem Catholic, but it's really not. It's heretical. The second thing that, that makes this a big problem is that really this is, at its core, satanic. Because Santa Muerte is personifying death. And this is the antithesis, as Chestnut points out, this is the antithesis of what Christ comes to bring about, because he comes to bring eternal life. What does he say in John 14, 6? I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So this is incredibly important, another thing that Christ said. Death is not a human being. Death, death is not a saint. And, and very often, uh, the, the cult of Santa Muerte fights against uh, devotion to St. Jude, the patron saint of lost causes. And in fact, I didn't know this, but on the 28th day of every month in, in Mexico, St. Jude is invoked. He has sort of a feast day every month because, in some ways, this is, this is to fight against uh, this devotion uh, to Santa Muerte. Uh, any, anyways... Um, there's a, lot, there's a lot going on. Even, even the former president of Mexico, Felipe Calderon, said that Santa Muerte is religious enemy number one because it's so involved in his, in his, in his war against the drug cartels. It was so important. And, and let's face it. Let's face it. Why would, why, would, why would people in these dubious professions, as the authors say, why would they invoke Santa Muerte? Well, it's pretty easy to figure out because... They know, especially if they're from a Catholic background, you can't really ask God to bless these illegal activities, right? God, can you please make sure that, that, that my drugs make it through the border undetected? Uh, you're not really going to be able to say that with a straight face. So they, they, they turn to Santa Muerte because she apparently doesn't judge anybody. There's no judgment with her. So um, she can actually kind of help you out here. Invoke the skeleton saint, they think. And what's what's really kind of... Disturbing about this too, the votive candles for Santa Muerte are, are black votive candles. There's a lot of spiritual darkness here, um, no question about it. And so there's an exchange of favors. Remember we talked about the tequila earlier. Why do they offer Santa Muerte tequila? They'll leave it on the altar. I don't know who drinks it in the end. Cigars, cigarettes. She's got a lot of issues. Chocolate, flowers. She likes all of these things allegedly. So people try to trade. Hey, if I give you this, you've got to do something for me. There's a quid pro quo uh, going on here. And uh, th- this is part of why it, she is invoked among people who are doers of nefarious deeds, not exactly in an honest profession, and that would extend to beyond the cartels to uh, people involved in prostitution, any kind of illicit activity that's not condoned by the church. This is, this is what they say 
is part of the draw to her. And also, a lot of these marginalized groups, according to uh, Chestnut and Kate Kingsbury, they they face death every day on the regular. Um, think about it. one of one of the movies that it really kind of struck me over the past few years. I've talked about it before. Is Sicario, um, and that uh, starring Emily Blunt and, and, and Josh Groban and. Not Josh Groban, he's the singer. No, he's not in that. Uh, who's the other guy? Josh, the actor guy. Oh, man, I'm totally uh, losing it here. But anyways, having said that, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. Um, guy with the beard, you know. Anyways, um, Sicario, about the the war on the drug trade, the cartels, um, you, you see that obviously death is part of the game. Rival gangs, rival uh, cartels. You can be killed by law enforcement, too. Obviously, this idea that death is always at your doorstep. And so death is in many ways the great equalizer, so they figure out, they, they figure in their in their calculation that if I can kind of buy into Santa Muerte, uh, no matter who you are, you're going to face death at some point, you might as well make peace with death, and maybe even I can help you through on the other side. That's kind of the thinking here. I'm, I, I'm very simp- very much simplifying it here, but this kind of all got going, and what's the link with, with Latin America? Well, apparently when Spanish missionaries got to the New World, they, they tried to introduce Catholicism to peoples there, and one of the symbols that was brought over from the Old World was the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper is kind of part of the culture in Spanish iconography, and what was interesting was that um, in the indigenous religions, the Mayans, uh, the Incas, there there were all these death deities. There were these pagan gods and goddesses having to do with death, and so they were. It was very easy for them to kind of make this hybrid figure using the Grim Reaper and kind of uh, sort of melding it with with it with the goddesses of death that were very often female in their in their pagan religions, and mix it all together, put it in a blender, and out comes Santa Muerte. And so, in fact, the, the Spanish Inquisition, you've all heard about that, probably heard a lot of untruths about it too, but the Spanish Inquisitors in the New World, they actually destroyed two shrines that they found, two Santa Muerte, in the 1790s, in the 1790s. So, that's the first record of it actually kind of existing there, but Santa Muerte kind of faded away until the 19. 19- 40s. This is really weird. For this 40-year period, from 1940 to around 1980, she was the patron saint of love. A lot of these, a lot of women who had philandering husbands would invoke her, trying to get their husbands to leave their mistresses and come back to the marriage. Uh, but then, around 2001, she was kind of picked up by the cartels, and so that's that's a big deal but there's a lot of obviously demonic stuff going on here because when you think about paganism when you think about pagan deities they either a don't exist or they are demons in disguise it's one of the things that the old testament says the gods quote unquote gods of the gentiles are devils and and there's no question that the evil one is behind santa muerte so this is not something the catholics should be involved in at all and i want to hear more about what you guys have to say about this, 888-914-9149. We'll be right back, right after this quick break on The K.O. Clark Show. Stay with me. Faith, facts, and fun. It's The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome back to the program, 888-914-9149. That's an interesting song. 
The producer Jim chose to play bad to the bone, and we're talking about the quote-unquote bony lady, Santa Muerte, this cult of devotion to Santa Muerte. Not a real saint. It means holy death. But essentially, this is a demon in disguise, and uh, this is the fastest-growing religion in the Americas. Perhaps you've heard of it, perhaps you haven't. Talked about a piece in the L.A. Times profiling, profiling a local congregation of sorts that is mostly made up of ex-Catholics or cultural Catholics who are buying into this 100%, uh, but they ought not to be. And I've asked you guys about your experiences with this. Do you know people who've been caught up in this? 888-914-9149. If you're just tuning in now, uh, please check out the podcast. It'll be up a few minutes after the show, um, probably about a half an hour show after the show. Uh, you should be able to cra- grab this. If you missed any of this, I kind of went into the background of this, the backstory, where this all comes from, and uh, what you need to know about it. So it's crucial information if you are just tuni- tuning in now. But please check the podcast after the program, and you can share it with a friend, too, on the relevant radio app. We're going to go to a caller in Texas right now who does not wish to uh, give his name. Okay, you're on the air. What would you like to uh, to share with us about this? Thanks for having me on the air, Kale. Yeah, I, uh, the reason I'm keeping my name anonymous, I spent about five years in federal prison at FCI Bastrop mm. and actually was one of the leaders of the Catholic community there. We had mass every week. We had a Bible study. We ran RCIA classes and welcomed people into the church. Um, it was a very active Catholic community during my time there, except when COVID shut the prison down. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but while we were there... We also observed there was a pretty large group of devotees to Santa Muerte, um, many Hispanic, but many not. And they were really reaching out to some uh, younger, kind of impressionable, not yet hardened criminals that were there in the in the prison Mm -hmm. and kind of trying to rope them in. And these the guys that were really into this, I at the risk of being judgmental, would characterize as the sort of unrepentant criminal. The guys okay. that were devoted to Santa Muerte because they thought Santa Muerte was going to help them further their criminal enterprises, avoid their consequences, and, um, you know, get revenge on their enemies. And and that was the, the mode that they had. I agree it was very dark. They were very disturbed people. But um, it had a, a sick but strong appeal to a number of the inmates that were there mm-hmm. in prison while I was there. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we did what we could to keep, uh, to keep the Catholic faith shining bright on the compound out of 1300 people. 700 of yeah. them, you know, listed themselves as Catholic on the way in the door, but um, we, you know, we didn't get anywhere near that number to mass, but we would sometimes get as many as 60 at mass every week um, and, and had, a, had a nice bilingual service. There's a, the, the local um, uh, congregation, the local parish uh, supported us as a ministry, and the priest would come and the deacon would come, volunteers would come, bring the Eucharist or say mass, uh, have the sacraments. I went to reconciliation multiple times while I was there. Um, you know, so we did what we could. Yeah. Um, but it was it was really a dark influence that we saw 
on the compound while I was there. Yeah, and thank you, thank you for... Also, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I also yeah, well, want to give a shout-out to the radio because... Uh, thank God for you being there. We could hear your broadcast out of Austin. Wow. And especially during the time when COVID shut the compound down and they wouldn't let us have mass, hearing mass on Sundays on relevant radio was really an anchor of my weekend. So um, I really appreciate that and want to say thank you. Well, that's thank you for mentioning that. And, and Relevant Radio was certainly a beacon of light in very, very dark times and very, very dark places where, where there's a lot of hopelessness. And prison is one of those places. And we've had uh, prisoners call in to Relevant Radio saying thank you for, for what you do because they were able to listen to us in prison. And our station in Austin has done a lot of good and borne a lot of fruit in a lot of different ways. And that's just one more way. And, and thank you for... Uh, sharing that anonymous caller who spent time in federal prison and tried to help out with Catholic ministry there also noted a lot of influence from the Santa Muerte cult and it was it had it had its grip on people and obviously there's a great spiritual battle there as well but that this is what what he said uh, cohered very much with what I was reading about it not just the idea that invoking Santa Muerte would sort of help in your criminal pursuits, but also this idea of vengeance. Now, again, this is the antithesis of Catholicism. You don't pray for vengeance on your enemies. You pray for your enemies. You try to seek forgiveness and reconciliation with them and God, and hopefully, if possible, between yourselves through our faith. And this is what our Lord teaches. And so this is the antithesis of the teaching of Christ. And so just another reason that we know that this is uh, offline from the faith, but so many Catholics are falling for this, uh, cultural Catholics. And uh, Father Gary Thomas is a Vatican-trained exorcist for the Diocese of San Jose in California. And he was interviewed by the Catholic News Agency about this back in, in 2016. And he said he's prayed with people who have suffered struggles with the demonic after getting involved with Santa Muerte. And he said, quote, I've had a number of people who have come to me as users of this practice, and they have found themselves tied to a demon or a demonic tribe, end of quote. Wow, that's, that sounds pretty ominous, a demonic tribe. It almost sounds like the legion of demons that Jesus cast out of the uh, Gerasene demoniac in the gospel. And so people don't know what they're messing around with here. And obviously those who are most at risk are those who are kind of lukewarm about their faith. Um, maybe they've been, it's like the... <laughs> With Catholicism, they've caught just enough of it that they never got the real thing. It's a little bit like being inoculated against a disease. And so they're very susceptible to this because it seems to have all the trappings of Catholicism, but it is far, far uh, more than they know what they're dealing with and is from uh, the evil one, in fact, who likes to mimic, let's face it, holy things. He likes to counterfeit the sacraments. He likes to counterfeit that which is holy. And so I think that's, that's um, something that practicing Catholics, if you're, if you're sticking close to our Lord through the sacraments, through the scriptures, and through your faith, um, you're going to be far less susceptible to this kind of thing. But uh, many people, unfortunately, don't have the formation. And that's one of the reasons why Relevant Radio is here. You're listening to the K.O. Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888 Let's go to Zoraida in Chicago. Hi, Zoraida. Hi, Hello. So thank you for uh, taking my call. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I just want to comment. Um, I went first time, first time for us to um, go to Mexico 
first time uh, last March. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So, okay. um, as we were like, uh, as we were exploring the place, so immediately, like, after, there's like a um, like an area, right? So, um, there's like a flea market immediately on uh, after you leave the gate um, on the side, um, and then as I as I and my husband was like. Uh, exploring the place so we can buy some souvenirs and such. And then um, there is like a mini altar of Santo, Santo Muerte that I saw. I even took a picture of it. And um, basically, it's, it's, it, it gave me goosebumps. <laughs> like, um, it's around the uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine. And if you're not really paying attention, you might get um, you know, like a religious article on on the store or on that flea market where we don't really know as to like what's authentic um, Catholic rosary yeah. or whatever as compared to like the Santa Muerte, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. And let me let me just jump in there, Zoraida, because, because we're running out of time. I think that's really important, especially for those who may be tourists, who may not know the difference, who may just be visiting the shrine. It's one of the most visited Catholic shrines in the world, obviously. Um, and so to see these things alongside uh, holy, legitimately holy cards and, and um, items of uh, devotion to, to our Blessed Mother is very confusing. And somebody might unwittingly pick up one of these things. It's interesting that you mentioned the, sort of the chill that you got, uh, just like that counselor who called earlier uh, saying, that, oh, I, I felt very spiritually uncomfortable dealing with people who were involved uh, in this. There's definitely a dark spiritual force there uh, for sure. Thank you, Zoraida, for that call. going to go quickly to Alex and... Harlingen, Texas. Hi, Alex. We got about just about a minute here. I wanted to try to squeeze you in. Okay. Yes. Um, I was just coming about uh, my experiences as far as that. Um, I was telling um, the, the gentleman that answered that growing up in the valley, in the Rio Grande Valley, this you know Mexican border. I've always known about this, and I think one of the issues is like if you go to our local flea market. Um, you'll see many of the sellers that sell religious items. Mm. You know, they have uh, the Virgin Mary, they have statues, all of that. Yeah. And then they'll have the Santa Muerte there. And, yeah, Alex, uh, you're, you're right. I, I got to jump in. That's that's exactly what our last caller was saying. If the admixture, accept no substitutes, only the Holy Catholic faith. And so hopefully this has been uh, educational for you. No, it has been for me. This is Kale Clark signing off. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.